Hi there, you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 204. At its core, what you're trying to do is just keep a record of where money comes from and where money goes and why. Attention gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal, Sue Monheit. Hi there. It's Sue, and thank you so much for joining me here today, as always. Today is a really special podcast because we're approaching a topic that you guys have asked me for over and over again, whether it's in comments in Gift Biz Breeze, the private Facebook group, or in Makers MBA, our signature course. A lot of questions come up about how to handle money. And so often, people just want to ignore it, shove it to the side, and not face it. And you know what? When you do that, then (laughs) you're setting yourself up for, if not big trouble, for sure, a lot of extra time involved getting prepared for taxes, and honestly, not really having a pulse on your business, how well it's doing, or areas where you need to improve. So lucky for us, I have Lynn here who's going to talk through how to start understanding all of the dollars within your business, what tools you should use, and a very simple accounting formula that will let all of us just go, we can just breathe. Numbers don't have to be so hard. They can be our friend. Before we dive into the show, I want to tell you where I believe we are going to be at the time this podcast goes live. I've been sharing with you over the last five or six episodes or so that I've had something really exciting in the works, and that is a daily planner made specifically for you, gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. I didn't know it was going to take as long as it has to actually get them all printed up and have them available, but this is the week that they should be ready. (laughs) So I'm super excited to share that with you. I'm recording it now, hoping everything stays on time. In preparation for that, I've also created a video that gives you an inside look at the planner, but even more than that. I go through what has become a lifesaver for me in terms of productivity in my business, and that is what I've termed the power of purpose. People often ask me how I get so much accomplished in my days. And apart from being a little crazy and working a lot of hours, what I do is employ the power of purpose to make sure that all the time I'm putting in is getting the most reward. I'm using my time as efficiently and properly as I can, and I do that through the power of purpose. I invite you to watch this video. It will share with you the concept of the power of purpose, and it ties wonderfully into the fact that you're going to want to schedule time to do your new numbers, your new friends, right, that you're going to know about from the show. And then it also goes into what the new inspired daily planner is all about. If you already have a planner that you're using, 
no worries at all, because a lot of the concepts that I lay out can be applied to bullet journals or whatever other planner you have. I bet you're wondering where you can get your hands on the video. Just go to giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash planner. I guarantee you, you're in for a real treat. And now let's get to the topic at hand. Bookkeeping, numbers, how to make it work for you and your business. You're going to see Lynn just has such an easy, calm way of talking, and this is the perfect approach that we need to understand how to implement this into our businesses. Let's roll. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Lynn Summerman of Lynn Summerman Financial Coaching. Lynn helps entrepreneurs feel less stupid and sad about their money through practical skill building, habit change, and mindset work. She speaks about budgeting as radical self-care and loves coaching clients and seeing them light up, realizing that they're not doomed after all. Lynn lives in South Portland, Maine with her feisty daughter, Snaggletooth Dog, and chickens named after Strong Woman. Boy, if that doesn't get your attention, I don't know (laughs) what does. Welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast, Lynn. Thanks for having me, Sue. I'm so excited to be here. I am thrilled that you're here, too. I think this is going to be a really fun and lively conversation. When people hear that it's about money, they might be, well, I don't know about that. But Gift Biz listeners, I guarantee you this is going to be a lot of fun and you are going to learn a ton. I'm not like your usual finance nerd. No, (laughs) I could tell that from the second I met you. But let's share with our audience a little bit about who you are through a motivational candle. So if you were to describe the color and the quote that would be on a candle that is aligned with you, Lynn, what would it look like? I think this is such a fun question, by the way. I don't think I've ever been asked anything like this on a podcast before. And (laughs) it really got me me thinking, I'm like, what color would I be? And I actually was just in a Yankee candle this weekend with my daughter. And I was like, which of these candles best represents my spirit? (laughs) (laughs) So I think the color would be, I've been really into this like marigold color recently because it's sort of fresh and fun and bold without being shallow. It's rich and interesting. I dig everything about that. So I think the color would be like this rich marigold color. Beautiful. I see that in you already. Bright, sunshiny, etc. Yeah. And so what about a quote or a mantra or saying that would also be on your candle? So my favorite, I'm actually a huge lover of inspirational quotes, which makes me feel sort of like cheesy, but I just really love them. But there's only one that I've got framed in my office. And it's a quote from Lao Tzu. And it says, if you do not change direction, you may end up where you're heading. Ooh. The first time I heard that, I was like, oh, (laughs) right. Where exactly, like, where am I heading? What have I done sort of in my life? What is sort of like the likely outcome of what I'm doing right now? And is that what I wanted to do? And I love sort of keeping that in the back of my mind, working with clients and working on my own business. Like, what is the likely outcome of what I'm doing right now? And what my clients are doing? Is that what we wanted? Or we want to be intentional about it. Love it. You know, it sounds simple, but there are so many people who are doing, 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 doing. And then when you ask, well, what's the end result? What are you looking to achieve? They have trouble putting it into words. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been guilty of that too. 
Oh, yeah. Me too. All the time. <laughs> Which is why I don't think there's ever like ever a stop doing that. I think it's just about awareness building so that you can sort of see it while it's happening before it, you've sort of had the consequences and go, oh, right, I'm going to get back on track for the thing I actually wanted to do rather than like the default way of being. Yeah, being intentional with what you're doing. Yeah, because it can be a lot of waste of time too. Absolutely. We get stuck in doing things that we find are easy and then we don't do the things that we really need to do that'll advance the business. <laughs> Absolutely. I do that all the time. <laughs> and I think that falls within our topic too, actually. Absolutely. Numbers, except if someone's handing me like a bill or a penny or I'm exchanging money for something I want. Numbers to me and bookkeeping and all of that get really scary. So, and I'm sure a lot of my listeners feel the same way. As do all of mine. So, <laughs> well, yeah, because that's why they're your customer, right? They're clients. Yeah. Give us a little bit of a backstory. What led up to the Wiser Miser? My background so I have an MBA, so I studied business. I really love accounting. But my background before grad school, I have an undergraduate degree in sociology, which, if you don't know, is basically just the study of human behavior in group settings. So, like, why do we do the things that we do? Which I just really love studying the way that people behave and all of that stuff. And the short story of how I really got into this was that when I finished college, I had like the great American dream of tons of student loans, a credit score in the toilet and like a shiny new credit card debt that I didn't know what to do with. I think that's a nightmare. <laughs> it's like sort of like everybody, it's like go to college and everything will work itself out. And it didn't work as was the story for a lot of people. I say I tried all the things. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. Some of them worked well when combined with other things. And I started informally coaching friends and family over the years. And the word sort of spread from there. Well, you weren't calling it coaching then, right? You were just like, hey, let me help. I'll help you. Exactly. Eventually, someone was like, well, how much do you charge to do this? And I was like, I don't charge money for this. But I loved doing it. So I started doing that a little bit more. And then in doing that work, I realized there was a really significant need for business people and people who are self-employed and who had sort of a side hustle to understand they might go, well, my personal finances are okay. Maybe not where I want them to be, but I really don't understand business finance. And I was like, oh, I can help you with that. You know, I studied accounting. I have a master's degree in business. I can help you read a financial report without having a mental breakdown. <laughs> I actually started adding that into my coaching and I started a bookkeeping business, which I don't do a lot of that anymore. I do have, I still have a couple of bookkeeping clients and we're probably doing a little bit more with that this year, but really just getting into like, how can I help people, like you said in the intro, feel less stupid and sad about your money. And I really specialize in working with people who are self-employed, have their businesses, because I think there's like an extra level of identifying our own self-worth with the size of our bank accounts and just an extra level of complexity when we're really good at the thing that we do, but we don't necessarily know how to read a financial report, or maybe we can read it, but we don't know how to use it to make financial decisions, or we don't know how to get started doing our bookkeeping. What do we even need to be paying attention to when really we just get into it because I love making candles or something, which as a side note, I'm excited to be on your show because I actually really, in another lifetime, I used to be like an artisanal candle maker. You did? <laughs> I did. Uh -huh. Feels like a very, very long time ago now, but there was a time in my life where that's what I did. And I actually really thought about doing that as that was one of the first ideas I had for like, I'm going to make this my business. And it didn't end up being what I did. Obviously, this is what I do now. But so I have a lot of love and respect for the makers in the world doing what they do. Oh, love that. Well, you are the right person for us yeah. to be talking to then for <laughs> sure. I think when it comes to numbers and finances, 
and people have said this before, like there's no course on how you're supposed to run your life. And personal finances are one thing, and clearly you can get in a heap of trouble if you're not doing some type of bookkeeping or accounting for personal life, which I think we kind of all forget. But then when we go into business, doing what we love, right, you still have to do all the other things. And it's not optional the way it is in our personal finances. Right. And so we get into candles or making cakes or whatever it is. But the thing I remember that you said, Lynn, and I don't know if you remember this, but we were chatting over dinner. You were talking about all of this because I was kind of like wondering if you should be on the show because I've had my audience asking about bookkeeping. And I'm like, oh, she may be my girl. Like, I got to find out. (laughs) And the one thing you said that I loved so much, you were sharing with me your story a little bit more than what we're talking about here because we want to get into the guts of it. But the thing you said to me is, and then I realized that I can do what I love every single day of my life. And that is what you're doing right now, helping people with their finances because it comes so easy to you. Yeah. So, so many of our listeners, what they're making comes so easy and we want them doing more of that and not get caught up in this. Absolutely. I'm a huge believer in doing the thing that you do best and then figuring out a way to simplify the other things that are important. Like your finances are important. You absolutely should pay attention to them, but you don't need to be a finance expert. You just need to have some comfort and some systems so that you can make sure that that part of your life is taken care of without having it take over your life so that you can put your energy and your time in a thing that you actually do. Beautiful. Okay. You have a way of just lowering everyone's blood pressure. (laughs) Good. All right. So let's start from the beginning. We've got someone who's just started their business. And Gift Biz listeners, if you're already into your business and you don't have a bookkeeping method, that's okay. Now you're going to learn what you need to do. So don't be hard on yourself. Just pay attention and get it put in place. That would be my advice for you. But let's start with someone because I think it's just a cleaner, easier way to go. Someone who is starting their business, they've gotten to the point where they've made some candles. Let's stick with that. And someone's told them they should start selling them. Mm -hmm. And so now they're starting to do some financial exchanges. Yeah. What is your advice here? So the first thing that I would recommend is... You just need to keep a record. So just as like a background, when we say bookkeeping, this can sound really intimidating, but all this needs to mean is a record of what money is doing in your business. So what money comes in, what money goes out, and why. You want to keep a record, and this can be as simple as a Google Docs spreadsheet or an Excel spreadsheet or something. I would recommend a spreadsheet and something digital over paper records or like a Word document, but anything is better than nothing. But what you need to record is just like, okay, so on this day, this much money exchanged hands between me and this other person for this reason. So at the crux of it, I find it really helpful to people to realize it can be as simple as that. Absolutely, there are tools that make this easier. There are things that you can do to make this easier. There are templates out there. But at its core, what you're trying to do is just keep a record of where money comes from and where money goes and why. Oh my gosh, that does sound so easy. Yeah, like you can totally do that. Okay, but why do I even care, Lynn? Well, you care because your highest goal here is to make sure the IRS isn't paying any attention to you whatsoever. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh so true (laughs) you never want the irs to be paying any attention to you and the way to do that is just to keep good clean records that that aren't unusual or anything 
The second thing is this information is going to help you grow and understand your business. So understanding how much money am I making? Do I have clients that I'm making more money from? Are there products that are more profitable than others? So profit margin is a little out of the scope of probably what we're going to talk about here. But understanding things like how much money am I making? Where is all my money going? Is there money left over at the end of this? All of those things are going to help you understand and grow your business, particularly as you're just getting started. I think a lot of makers, I'm fortunate to count a lot of makers among friends of mine, and they're just like, I'm just sort of making the thing that I like, and we'll see if it sells. And I'll make 10 different things. And you might be going, well, how do I figure out which one's doing better? So your financial records can help you figure out which one's selling the best, which one's making the most money, that sort of thing. So it can also be really helpful for you as a business owner to just understand where money is flowing in out of your money, because money is like the lifeblood of your business. It's what allows your business to keep going. And it's really important to just understand if it's healthy or not. So at its most basic, again, we're just trying to record where is money coming from? Where is it going? And the reason for that is both because we have to do that. Legally, we have to have this information for tax purposes, but also because it's important for us as business owners to understand how our business is doing. And money is the clearest way for us to understand, get like sort of a pulse check. How are things going? Are they going well? Is there anything that I want to be paying attention to? Okay, perfect. So at the most basic, if you were doing nothing else, you're capturing all the money. So it's not just when you sell product, but it's also if you buy something for your office. Well, obviously supplies for your product, but even if you're buying something for your office, if you're buying services to have someone help you with your website. So it's everything. Every single thing. Every single thing. Money in, money out who it's going to, who it's coming from, and then why. Yeah. So if you're buying supplies, you'll want to note that it's supplies and it might be useful to have, depending on what you're making, it might be useful to have a little bit more detail than that. So you might say, let's say you're making candles, you might have different waxes for different types of candles. So you might record that so that later down the line, as we get into a little bit more detail, we can use that to help us track inventory. So we could say, I bought the type of wax that I make pillar candles out of on this day and it lasted me this long. So you can sort of get the sense of that. So you might have a little bit more detail on the actual materials that you're using to make your products. One of the things that you'll, particularly for tax purposes, you want to have a record of inventory. And that includes like both finished products and in-progress products. So if you've got half-made candles or something, I'm trying to think cakes are not really, you're never going to half-finish them, but candles you certainly might, or like a knitting project, you might have something on the needles still. And you also want to have a sense of your raw materials. So this can be a great way to start pulling in some of that information as well. But for things like office supplies, you can just simply just record office supplies. You don't need to be like, well, I bought 16 pens and ream of paper. You can just like, that might be useful for you to have. But from a financial record standpoint, you really just need to have office supplies or website help or what have you, marketing. It can be fairly generic for most things, again, except for the supplies you're actually using to create the product you want to have a little bit more detail on. Got it. Okay. And as you're talking, I try to put myself into our listeners' shoes to like think of other questions that they might be asking. And I would think that there might be some people saying, okay, I got that because I pay on my credit card all the time. So all the information is just sitting over on my card. So I'm fine. What would you say to that? So yes and no. If your business and personal finances are completely separate, which if you're listening to this and you're cringing a little bit, that's okay. That's normal. 
but you should. I mean, like, I'm just going to lay down that right now. They should be separate. They should be separate. Yeah. And that's actually for a couple of reasons, both from a bookkeeping perspective, so that it's a fresh year. Do yourself the favor of giving yourself completely separate finances from your business. Because at the end of the year, if you haven't got into a place of bookkeeping system, you do have only a, those single place to look. So you've got your maybe your business credit card, and your business checking account, you've got two places to look and you're like, okay, great, I've got all this information, I can download it, I can make sense of it. I can send this to a tax preparer. If your personal finances are mixed in there, that gets significantly We'll call it spicier. <laughs> it's spicier and you never really know for sure how your business is doing. If ever that topic comes up, I always like, this is the one thing I'm really stringent on. Yeah, you want them to be really separate. Also from a tax, like a legal and tax perspective, and I'm not a lawyer, but it is absolutely one of these things that if you were to get audited, for instance, it's much easier if you have a business credit card that only, only ever has business purchases on it and you have, say, a lunch on there, it's a lot easier to say, yes, obviously, this is a business transaction. Look, I have this calendar, I have a meeting with a supplier or something like that. I was traveling. If there are no personal things on there, because if you're like, well, also, there's my takeout from the other night, it's a lot more difficult to then justify to an auditor. Yes, these are business expenses. So there's a lot of reasons to keep those things separate. Plus, it's a waste of time then at the end of the year to try and have to go through and, and tally it all out. Okay, so let's go back. Let's say this person who's using an Excel spreadsheet, they're documenting everything we've just described. Let's complete what that process looks like for a year. So you're inputting information, inputting, 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 and it gets to the end of the year. What do you do with that set of information then? Yeah. So what you've just created is called a general ledger. And these financial reports that we talk about that are generated by financial software like QuickBooks or FreshBooks or Wave, which are all really common tools that people use. But even if you're using a spreadsheet, it can be overwhelming to look at the names of these things and we're like, oh, here's this fancy thing. So this list of transactions is called a general ledger, which is basically just a list of all the transactions that happen in your business. And from there, when I do my own bookkeeping, I really just export a general ledger. And from there, I'm creating profit and loss reports, which is a summary. It's just saying, okay, over the course of a given time period, let's say the year 2018, you might generate a profit and loss report, which is just a high level. Okay, this is the total amount of sales of these different types of products or services. And this is where all of my money went for the whole time period, not every single transaction, but here's all of my marketing expenses summed up into a thing. And you can do that by, if you're using Excel, you could make a pivot table, which are very simple, easy to use things that just summarize data. That could be your profit and loss report. If you're using a tool like QuickBooks, they create that for you automatically. Yeah, I want to get into the tools in a minute. With someone who doesn't have any tools yet, I just wanted to finish up that and then we'll talk about the tools. Absolutely. And if you're having a tax preparer or something like that, the only piece of information that you actually really need is a general ledger. They can always work with that and create what they need out of that. I know my own tax preparer prefers that I summarize those things like, okay, what's your total expense for marketing? What was your total expense for contractors? So a profit and loss report is sort of that next step. And literally, that sounds fancier than it is. It's also sometimes called an income statement. But all that is, is a summary of the things on that general ledger. So like add up all the marketing and that goes in a line, add up all the sales that goes in a line. And then you subtract all of the expenses from all the revenue and that gives you your net income. And that essentially is the profit you made. And the profit is what you use to pay your taxes and to pay yourself. 
And I would even suggest, I mean, you don't have to be a real Excel guru to do this, but I would suggest that to make it even easier on yourself when you're recording initially, money in or money out, where it was from, and then have those different columns in Excel as the categories. Cost of ingredients, cost of, well, maybe office equipment, but then have a couple of different lines so that then you'll have the sums of those columns that are either expenses or income. Then you're already done. Then you're just building it up from the start. Easy peasy from there. Easy peasy. And so that's what you send over to someone who is preparing your taxes. Exactly. Got it. Okay, wonderful. See, bookkeeping doesn't need to be so hard. The way Lynn's describing it, it's really easy. And right after a word from our sponsor, she's going to get into some of the tools to make it even easier. This podcast is made possible thanks to the support of the Ribbon Print Company. Create custom ribbons right in your store or craft studio in seconds. Visit theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. Now let's get into why you might be interested in investing in FreshBooks or QuickBooks or one of the software programs that can do a lot of this for you. What's the value of doing it that way? So the value of doing it that way is there's certainly a little bit more work up front especially if you're getting started, some of those tools have so many features, which are great for those of us who are a little bit further along in our business. But when we're starting out, you can be like, I don't need all of that. This is overwhelming. I'm getting confused getting this set up. But the value in using something like that is, first of all, they're going to create a lot of those reports for you. So at the end of the year, you just have like a click of a button, like make me a profit and loss report done, make me a whatever balance sheet. The other thing, and this is, I would say, even more valuable, is they are likely to connect directly to your bank accounts so that you do not have to type anything when you're going in here. Because we think about it and it can seem really simple, like, oh, at the end of the week or the end of the month, I'll just go in and enter all of my receipts. But what if you forget a receipt or you get busy, which is, I think, best laid plans, we all think. But if your business starts doing really well and you're busy... It can be very easy to lose track of that. If you're using a tool that is connected to your bank or your credit card directly, with a click of a button, they're pulling in all of that information and you're just going, yep, that's marketing, that's supplies, and that's office stuff. So very, very simple. It makes it a lot quicker and easier. Again, saving you time and energy and attention, all of those important resources so that you can spend your time on the thing that you actually do. So how does that actually work? So say I have QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. and I charge supplies on my card. Mm-hmm. Does it automatically go over or does it question you? Is there an app? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So if you're going to use something like, I really recommend using an online tool. So if you're going to use QuickBooks, I would recommend QuickBooks Online. And I'll just make a note on QuickBooks is very, very full featured, which can be great and can also be really overwhelming. And it's okay to focus on just a couple of things at once. And I would also recommend if you're looking into QuickBooks to not use QuickBooks self-employed. I find it to be, I just don't find it to be a very good thing. And it was difficult to then convert that into QuickBooks Online. So of those, I would recommend QuickBooks Online. FreshBooks is a great option. Wave is a pretty good option. Wave is also free. So all of these, when you start using them, are going to ask you to add your accounts. And so... That's going to actually, because, you know, you're talking to accountants, there's sort of two meanings of the word account. One is literally a bank account or a credit card. So you're going to enter in, you, you might say, checking account. You would name it your checking account. 
you would enter your online banking information so and authorize it to connect directly to your bank through online banking. They're going to pull in those transactions for you so that when you log back into Wave or QuickBooks, there are new transactions for you to approve. The other way that they use accounts, the word accounts in that context is actually like what we were referring to as categories. So you're setting up what they call your chart of accounts. Don't let that overwhelm you. That's just a list of the ways that your money might get spent or earned. It's just the categories. So you would set up those bank account connections and then you would come in on a regular basis. I recommend at least once a week. I really recommend actually that people log into their bookkeeping system every day, but for very, very short periods of time. We don't want this to be overwhelming, but what we're trying to do there is build a habit. So spend two minutes a day in there, just like checking transactions going and and categorizing them. So the very first time you have a transaction at your local vendor that supplies your waxes, for instance, QuickBooks or Wave or whatever you're using, isn't going to know what that is. But you're going to say, oh, this is supplies subcategory wax. Great. The next time that you have a transaction at that same vendor, the tool that you're using, all of these are really designed well to automatically assume that it's the same as last time. So all you have to do is sort of give it a good thumbs up, say, yep, I approve. That is what it is. So they learn over time and they make it even easier. So you can see compared to a spreadsheet where this really reduces the time and energy that you're spending on this, making it simpler and allowing you to feel more confident and get more clarity out of it because you're actually able to spend the time that you would have spent entering information in and getting insights out of it instead. And it's a much more professional way to do it too. Yes. And as you grow, you'll be able to really transition. Again, a lot of these tools have so many features that you don't need right now, but you might need in a year. And you're not going, oh, now I have to pay someone to take all my information out of this spreadsheet and put it into Wave or something. Right. You can just start there. Like I said, it can be overwhelming, but just really focus on you're just setting up those categories, you're setting up your bank account feeds, and you're just categorizing those transactions as they come in. Those are really the only things you need to focus on when you're getting started. Oh, boy. And I would say if Wave is free, then there's really no reason not to do it that way. Yeah. And I kind of feel like if as your business continues to go, you're just building up additional history that at Mm -hmm. some point you're going to want to transition over. So why not, if there's no financial issue, that barrier is crossed already. And there's no reason not to use Wave, right? Yep, there's no reason not to. I think their user interface is a little bit clunky, but again, it's free. I find QuickBooks to be overkill for most people. And FreshBooks is a nice, easy to use tool. It's relatively affordable, although they, I think they recently increased their prices. But their focus is primarily on actually invoicing, which I think for a lot of your clients is probably not that useful. Right. It's more for service oriented, like coaching and all that. Yeah. So Wave is a great option. It's free. It's going to do all the things that we're talking about. It's one of those things, like you said, you might as well get started now keeping track of this. Even if you're like, oh, I only have like five transactions a month. Great. It'll be so easy for you to keep this up to date then. Right. And get in the system and understand it. And really build that habit. That's such a crucial thing that I try and teach people. Like your initial goal is just to start doing something. It doesn't need to be right. You just want to be doing it. You want to be building a habit of doing it so that you can always iterate on that. But you really want to be building up a habit of doing those things and paying attention to them. And my guess is that if you're going in fresh, let's just stick with Wave, but I'm sure QuickBooks does the same thing. When you're opening an account, it probably walks you through how to set up too. So you don't have to already know. You just have to follow whatever the prompts are, enter the information, right? Yep, absolutely. Perfect. Okay, how about somebody who says, "Mm, 
iCloud, all my financial information just up there available to anybody, that sounds not very secure to me. I would say that there is always an element of risk when you're putting information on the internet. That said, I do it and I have all of my clients do it because I think that risk is absolutely worth the reward. And I also think there's a huge risk. It may not be a security risk, but there's a huge risk of keeping information, say, on your local hard drive. What if your computer breaks down? Or keeping things on paper? What if things get lost or they, over time, they become illegible? Or taken. Or taken. Or you have a, an electrical fire in your space and suddenly your receipts are all gone. I have a client who is going through an audit right now and he is like, may I let you know that receipts over time fade to the point they're completely unreadable. He's like, don't put them in a shoebox in your garage like I did. Oh, boy. <laughs> He's yeah. like, I thought I was being smart by keeping all of my receipts. And again, you know, security, he was like, I don't want to put this stuff in the cloud, but it really came back to bite him. So I also think that in today's age, there is a lot of focus on the security of things like that, because if for no other reason than huge multinational companies and organizations are using the cloud for very secure information, and they're paying heavily for the security of those and all of us are benefiting from that. Yeah. And if we're going to develop the habit that you keep drilling into us, we're going to be in seeing our accounts every day, hopefully, but Absolutely. for sure once a week. So you're going to catch something pretty quickly if there's an issue. Exactly. You're going to be paying attention to it. And if there's anything that comes up, you'll notice it more quickly because you're paying attention to it. Right. I'm in the cloud with everything too. And it took me a little bit to decide and feel comfortable with doing it. But now that I am, I'm so glad because yeah. I can access it anytime from anywhere. Okay. You talk a little bit about in your intro about money mindset. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. And I'll tell you why. I've talked to a couple people and they're like, what? How do people have issues with money? I mean, I just want to make more. But I do know that there is a big struggle with money for some people. So I would love for you to talk to that for a little bit. I think we all have some weird hangups about money, even if we do feel like, well, I just want more of it, which is still a mindset thing. And I actually, it's funny that I do this work on money mindset now, because for a long time, I really resisted doing that because I saw myself as the practical financial person. And I sort of sold myself the story that there's either practical financial people or there's like woo sort of folks. And I'm squarely in between those two things. I definitely have my feet in both of those worlds. And I think we all have some issues with our money mindset and not even necessarily negative ones, but there are stories that we're telling ourselves. There are ways that we think and feel about our money that impact our behavior with our money. And whenever I start working with someone, one of the first questions I ask, I just say, so why are we on the phone right now? And suddenly when I'm hearing about their grandparents' relationship with money and all of these things, they're like, well, my partner is like this and I'm sort of like this and my Myers-Briggs personality type is like this and so therefore blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, this is like, <laughs> if I asked you how you spent your weekend, which in a lot of ways is you have a limited resource that you have to spend and then you get more of it, just like money. Nobody is talking about their grandparents' relationship with their weekend or the way that their parents spent their weekends. So we all have stuff there. And it's absolutely worth just acknowledging that and knowing that that's a thing. As you start to do this work on your money, whether it's even just paying attention to your bookkeeping, you'll find yourself starting to just say things to yourself and other people about money. So I should do this. I shouldn't do that. 
I know I should be doing my bookkeeping. I know that I should be paying attention to this and just sort of doubting yourself. Should I be paying quarterly taxes? Should I do this? Or I'm not any good at this. This is just not for me. That's not my sort of thing. That's for other people. So all of that is mindset. All of that is what we're talking about. And I think it's super important to just know that that's a thing that nobody really knows what they're doing. We don't do a good job culturally of teaching people about this. We make it weird to talk about. And that's okay. That's just how this works. There's no after. There's no like, I've finished that work. (laughs) It's just about being aware and being able to see it while it's happening. So I think particularly for business owners and self-employed people, there is a lot of passion in our work. We love what we do. We do it because we love it. And we also have some hangups sometimes about making money from that, about something that we love, particularly if we're in some sort of helping profession or we're doing something that maybe we're donating some portion of the proceeds to charity or something. We feel like we shouldn't be profitable. That's something that comes up a lot. Boy, in the maker community, you're so right, Len. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Particularly with women, I see a lot of, like, I shouldn't want to make money off of this. I should just do it for the love of it, which, sure, love what you do, but you should also make money off of it. I teach people a lot. I was like, profit is how you pay yourself, how you invest in your business, how you grow. And I know for me, making more profit, and not just money, but profit, like after all of the expenses are done, making more profit is how I do things like grow my team and give people good jobs. And that's really valuable to me. Right. And I think because it's so easy for us, we don't think that it's a skill or we certainly don't account for our production time because we're just Mm -hmm. making, maybe we charge for materials, but never the time. Absolutely. But the other thing that we have to remember, and I see this a lot, is not everybody can do those things. Not everybody is able to knit or has that creative flair and they so appreciate and it brings joy to their life what you're able to produce for them you are doing a favor to somebody by being able to sell a product that you make, even though it does come easy to you. It doesn't always for them. And that just shows you're doing the right thing. You're in the right business. Just like we were talking about in the beginning, Lynn, when you're like, I can't believe that I'm making money off of something I love doing every day. Yeah, well, absolutely. I think especially when we're pricing our products or our services or whatever it is that we're working on, our price is part of our brand and it's communicating to our clients. And really importantly, I think we forget about this a lot. It's communicating to us how valuable this thing is. Oh, good point. When we don't include the price of our time in something that you make, you're telling your clients and yourself that that time is not valuable. And Mm -hmm. I think within the business owner community, there's a lot of identification of our own self-worth with our work because we love it so much. And it just feels like who we are. I'm just a candle maker. I just love it so much. And I could do it all day long. And it wouldn't even feel like work to me. And it's just what I love doing. And so of course, I'm just going to do it for free. Or I'm just going to charge for materials. And it's a way of communicating to everyone in our lives, including ourselves, that our time is invaluable, that this thing that we're doing, this active creation isn't actually valuable. And I think we do everyone a disservice when we do that. And you're not going to be there for the long haul, because that is not sustainable. Absolutely. You cannot do any of this if you're out of business. Profit is how you stay in business. Exactly. And I would contend you really don't even have a business if you're selling at cost, because you're not making anything. Yeah. I mean, even from like an IRS standpoint, if you don't make a profit in three out of every five years, it's a hobby. Oh, that's the definition. That's the definition. Yep. If you're not making a profit three out of every five years, Mm -hmm. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Very interesting. All right, so you are so fortunate. You have a view into lots of different personality types, I guess I'll say. <laughs> lots of different types of businesses, all of that. I do, yeah. Are there a couple of, I don't really want to call them mistakes because I don't think people do them intentionally. They just don't know. you know. And then they transition when they are working with you because they learn how to do things right. But are there cautions that you could share with us of things that you've seen that you would recommend to us to watch out for? or not do? Sure. I think the biggest thing that comes up when you ask me that is just not getting started sooner. So in terms of just keeping good financial records and letting our fear and our shame and our overwhelm keep us from doing anything at all. I would say that's the biggest thing that I wish I could really drill into people's heads. Like just get started. Don't worry about perfection. Just work on building a habit and a system, something that feels like it fits into your life and is doable for you. And then you can always improve that later. But really, just get started. Don't let this be this big, scary thing in your life that you don't pay any attention to. Just begin and you can always get help. Because one of the things that I see time and time again is when we get started on it, it doesn't feel as scary to us anymore. We may not be doing it perfectly, but we are doing it. And so we have more confidence to ask questions and to get clarity where we need it and to figure out what we need to do to make it better. So really, the biggest thing is just don't let your feelings keep you from actually doing something about your finances in your business or your life. And what you have already talked about right here is so achievable. I mean, everyone can, right when they're done listening to this show, get started. Pull up an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, and you can just get started from today. Yeah, exactly. You can always go back and say, okay, now I need to pull in the first part of the year. Get started from today. What happened today with your money? What happens tomorrow with your money? You can go back later. Again, really try and just build a habit and build a system that works and improve on it later. Perfect. Are there any other cautions you would give us or should we leave it at that for now? I think really that's the big one. And then some of the things we've already talked about, keeping your business and personal finances combined for too long will give you so many headaches down the road. Just split them. Just do whatever it is, you know, if you need to apply for a new credit card for your business. And I would also just let you know, too, that until you get to the point where your business is like an S corp or a C corp, which is for many people may never happen. And for a lot of other people is years down the line. You do not need to have like an official business bank account or a business credit card. It just needs to be separate. So this can be as simple as going to the bank that you already have a bank account with and just opening another account and starting to do your business transactions from there. Just separate it immediately. Wherever you are right now, do whatever steps you need to do in order to make the next business transaction happen in a separate account from your personal finances. Perfect. Okay. And at what point in business should somebody start considering hiring out for bookkeeping? I would say if you have a system that you've started using and it still just never gets done, it's too important to not get done. So if you find yourself in a position where it's just never, ever getting done for you and you have the cash flow in order to be able to hire that out, then I think it's worth doing. That said, I think there's so much value in doing it yourself. I'm a big believer in doing things myself before I hire them out so that I can make sure that that person's doing a good job, that I know what I need and don't need, that they're not selling me services that aren't applicable for me and my business. And so that I can look over it and go, yeah, I feel comfortable with this. I'm glad that someone else is executing on this, but I'm still the person making the strategy and the plan for this. I'm still the person who's directing this work. And I think with your numbers, it's so valuable to be able to see them and really get in there. And there's something about 
looking at them on a regular basis yourself versus looking at a report at the end of the month that somebody else makes for you. That is just really, really value added. But that said, if you really are at a point where you're like, God, I've been in business for years and I just keep not doing this, then it's too important to not get done. So if it's really a matter of like, it's just literally not going to get done, then hire someone. Alternatively, if you feel very confident, you're like, I've got a system, it works. I'm doing it all the time. I know my numbers like the back of my hand. I feel very confident with this. I just don't have time. And that point, it's also a good time to hire out. One of my goals for 2019 is to hire out my own bookkeeping, which is silly because this is what I do. And it, it doesn't take me very long to do it. But it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, needing to track down this and to pull in this report and do X, Y, and Z. And it's not like I'm not going to keep looking at my numbers, but I don't necessarily, at this point, it doesn't make sense for my time to be spending doing the day-to-day number crunching and data pulling in and logging in here and pulling out this piece of information. So I would say if you're sort of in one of those things where it never gets done or it always gets done, you just don't have time for it anymore. Those are both great times to think about hiring somebody out. Or your time is more valuable doing something else. Right. It's going to grow your business if you're not inputting numbers, but you're out marketing or going to shows or whatever. Like I love doing my own bookkeeping, actually. (laughs) Like I'm that sort of nerd. Well, you go ahead and enjoy that, Lynn. (laughs) Where I love doing my own bookkeeping, but it doesn't make sense for my business for me to be spending my time there. Exactly. This has been so great because I love the fact that it sounds so doable. And I really think it is so doable for everybody. It really can be. If you were to tell one person exactly where to get started, where would you go? That's such a great question. They don't want to think about it. They don't want to know, should I do an Excel spreadsheet? Should I go to Wave? Should I hire out? What would you do? I would just start using Wave then. In that case, honestly, I would just start using Wave. It's free. It's relatively easy to use. And it's going to make things simpler for you than using a spreadsheet. All right, good. I was thinking that was what you were going to say, but I didn't want to suggest it. I just wanted to hear you say it. I think their website is waveapps.com. But if you Google Wave, Wave accounting or something, you'll find it. Waveapps.com. All right, you guys, I will check it out and I will put it in the show notes so that you can see it. But it sounds like Lynn already knows waveapps.com. But I'll just confirm that for you guys over in the show notes. But yeah, so anybody who does not have a bookkeeping system yet is just starting out. You do now. (laughs) You know where exactly to go. One place, that's it. And guess what? It's done. You have accomplished so much today once you've done that. Yeah. And you're setting your business up properly as you're moving forward. So you'll be able to put a big pat on your back tonight when you go to bed. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So Lynn, so much value you've given us. We would like to return that to you by way of a virtual gift. This is a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. So this is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside your box? Well, first of all, thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. You know, isn't it so funny to think about like, even though I do this all the time, I ask clients stuff like this. I'm like, oh, you want me to talk about my dreams and hopes right here in front of other people? It's the law of attraction, Lynn. I know, I know. I think that the thing that comes up when you ask me that is I really want to do a TED Talk. I want to talk about managing your finances, your day-to-day finances, budgeting, all of these things as a form of radical self-care. Because I just believe so strongly that healing this part of your life can change so many parts of your life and just make you feel so much more confident and clear about everything in your life. 
and I've seen it change people's lives. And I want that for so many more people that I'm able to reach in the platform that I have right now. Love it. And I just, just by the way of your style and making it so calm and easy. And because when we see numbers, I just see like dollars and all of that flying in front of my face, right? Like, ah! Yeah, you're just like freeze up or like, oh, I can't. <laughs> but you're so calming and it just is so clear and so clean. Plus, you've got such a fun personality. I think you'd be fabulous with a TED Talk. I think that's awesome. Wonderful idea. Yeah, watch for it. 2020, maybe. All right, then. <laughs> all right, we just said it. So there you go. And if people want to know more about you with the Wiser Miser and your whole business, where would you direct them to go? Yeah, so you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Lynn Summerman. And I would spell that, but I'm sure it's faster to just have you put something in the show notes. But so you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Lynn Summerman. And you can find my website is lynnsummerman.com. And I've got some great content on there on my blog. Actually, I've got some stuff about DIY bookkeeping and like how often should you be doing what and more information about how to know if you're ready to hire a bookkeeper and what questions do you ask them and all of those things are on my website. So I think those would be great compliments for what this conversation we've already started having too. Okay, now my final question to you is so random, but I cannot leave without asking you this. Oh, great. <laughs> what do we got? <laughs> Your chickens are named after strong women? Yes. What is that about? So it started when I first got chickens. Gosh, it's been three years now, maybe a little bit longer. I got chickens and I just wanted to name them ridiculous things. So we had a chicken named Judy Garland and Rhoda Morgenstern and Dorothy Zbornak. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we just had these great chickens. And then we actually named one of them Truvy, which is Dolly Parton's character in Steel Magnolias. I'm a huge Dolly Parton fan. Like, it's silly. I just love Dolly Parton so much. And it just became a thing that as I got more chickens, I named one of them after my the principal of the high school that I graduated from that I admire so much because I got chickens around the time of her retirement. And I was just thinking about her. Did you tell her you named I a chicken did, after actually. her? I was like, I named a chicken after you, <laughs> You should be so honored. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, it's just like a really nice way for me to just think about and be continue to be inspired about the people in my life that really keep me lit up in a way, even while I'm just like collecting eggs and letting my chickens wander around in the yard. <laughs> I just love that. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you also for all the information that you've given us here on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. See, I told you. <laughs> Bookkeeping doesn't need to be so hard. I think we just get it in our mind that if you're not a math person or algebra was scary to you in high school, that it's going to be more of the same. It's not the case. It's so much easier. And Lynn laid it out perfectly for us. So thrilled that we've got this information now that we can use so that we can make our business stronger and healthier for the future. I'm going to keep these final comments pretty short today because I really want you to go over and watch my video about the power of purpose. Again, you can see it right over at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash planner. There's no opt-in. You don't have to give me your email. I'm just so happy that I can provide this information to you. So go over there and check it out right now. And I look forward to being together again next week on the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast.